0: The Carter Report presents Living Victoriously. Secrets of Success from Prime Minister Daniel of Babylon City with your host John Carter. We're glad to see you today and we want to give you the most wonderful welcome, the warmest welcome. Our topic today is Living Victoriously. This in fact is the first of a new series, 12 parts in the series, Living Victoriously, why you and I can be always victors and never victims. Here a lot of people who talk today and they consider that they're victims because of their race or their colour or their background, or because of their economics. But we're going to discover in this series that we are victors and never victims. I want to start today by telling you a a really terrific story. A man who travels with us on occasions, it's Dr. John Hammond from Australia. His parents were extraordinary people. Uh, Dr. Brian Hammond was, was a doctor not just an ordinary doctor, he was just a great doctor. He was sent as a missionary doctor to the little place of Penang in Malaya, or Malaysia we'd call it today. He was a regular GP, but he had a vision to go higher and bigger and better. So he studied up to 20 hours a day and he wanted to sit for the exams, Uh, let me... I just want to get this right so I'm I'm not telling you something that isn't accurate. He wanted to sit for the Royal College of Surgeons in Edinburgh. And in these days, that was about as as good as you can imagine, the Royal College of, of Surgeons, Scotland, in Edinburgh. He studied and he studied and he studied. And just before the final exams, he received this notice. It was going to be on Saturday. And this man was a Sabbath keeper. Have you seen the movie Chariots of Fire? This was over Sabbath keeping. Dr. Hammond was a Sabbath keeper. He kept the true Sabbath of the Bible. And so he went to the people in Edinburgh the university, at the Royal College for Surgeons, and he said, "Uh, can I take it another day? Can somebody... um, supervise me and then I take it another day. And they said, no, that means no. If you don't sit on Saturday, you're out. And so Saturday came and went. He didn't sit for the exam. And he said to his wife and his family, well, we'll just have to pack up and go back to Australia because it's not going to work out. Then he got a phone call from Glasgow, the Royal College of Surgeons in Glasgow. They said, Dr. Hammond, if you can get here on Tuesday, you can take the exam. John told me they drove like crazy and uh, the doctor was studying 20 hours a day. He's studying in the car. Got to Glasgow did the course, and he passed first time. Quite astra- quite astounding, first time he passed. And Then when he got home, he got another phone call. It is from Dublin. And they said, we've heard about your situation that you wouldn't sit for this exam on Saturday because of your religious convictions. Uh, the people said in Dublin, if you come across to the Royal College of Surgeons in Dublin and get here... By such and such a day, you can sit for the exam. <laughs> and so they got on a boat and they went to Ireland and he sat for the exam and he, he passed it first time. He was a fellow of the Royal College of Surgeons in Glasgow and in Dublin. Then he had a dream in his soul. If I could only become a member, a fellow of the Royal College of of surgeons in England. At that time, that was the very best in the world. <laughs> and so he went to England, 400 doctors went with him, 400 doctors set for the examination, 32 passed, not necessarily on the first go, but after multiple tries, 32 passed, but three passed on the first attempt. He was one of the three. <laughs> I just want you to know this that if you, and I want to say this to any of the young people who are watching here today if you and I will purpose in our hearts that we will put God first, God is going to make us ten times better. I want you to know this. And we will never, never, never be victims. We will always be victors. Now, this is the first of a 12-part series. We're going to talk today about secrets of success from the Prime Minister, not of Great Britain, but the Prime Minister of Babylon, the most amazing city, the most influential city in the history of the human race. And the star of the show is really a young man by the name of Daniel, a Jewish captive of war whose writings tell us how to live victoriously. Now, this is a 12-part series. And some of the programs are going to be about these subjects that I'm going to put up on the screen 12-part series. Let me just give you some of them. How to be 10 times better in every way. That's today. Number two, you have a wonderful future in a tremendous, a wonderful new world. Saved from death and how you can get the big promotion. It doesn't depend upon your boss. It depends upon somebody else. Recovery from mental illness and financial disaster, conquering death and waking up in glory. And so today we're going to tell you how you can be 10 times better in every way. God has a plan for you, my friend, sitting here today in our studio in California, a plan that is bigger and better than you can imagine. He wants you to experience a life that is 10 times better than anybody else around you. We are never called to failure We are always called to victory. The setting is the old city of Babylon. The hero is Daniel the Jew. One of the great characters in the story is a young fellow by the name of Nebuchadnezzar. We're going to discover secrets of success from the prime minister of Babylon. He was a prisoner of war. He ended up the prime minister or like the president of the United States. Our source material is the book of Daniel. It consists of 12 amazing chapters, all containing exciting and extraordinary stories, stories about wild animals, uh, cruel tyrants, (laughs) fiery furnaces, A crazy king, a prince of peace, supernatural visitors from other worlds, and a new world. Now, I want you sitting here today in our studio to take the Bible and turn to the book of Daniel chapter 12 and verses 1 and 2, my friend. Daniel chapter 12 and verses 1 and 2. Ten times better. You can be... Ten times better. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and uh, besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the articles of the house of God. Uh, These were the golden vessels, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the articles in the treasure house of his God. The Bible tells the story how Jerusalem was besieged and eventually the city was completely destroyed. And Nebuchadnezzar, who was just a young guy himself, like Daniel, and we're going to discover three young men also. Nebuchadnezzar, whose name is written down actually in these inscriptions that I have taken pictures of, in the British Museum, this is the Nebuchadnezzar Steeler, Nebuchadnezzar got a big bunch of young Jews. I don't know how many, maybe a hundred or more, I don't know. But he brought them over to the land of, of Babylon. And he brought them there because he was going to teach them the wisdom and the science and the understanding of the Chaldeans, or the Babylonian people. And one of those young people was Daniel. If you look at verses 3 to 6, please, in this chapter, then the king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles. These are the best. Young men in whom there was no blemish. These young men were not eunuchs, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand understand who had ability to serve in the king's palace and whom they might teach the language and the literature of the chaldeans or the babylonians and if you read on it says and the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank and three years of training for them so that at the end of that time they might serve before the king now among those of the sons of judah were here they are Daniel, uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and uh, Azariah. Now, when you read these stories, uh, you think of old folks. (laughs) You think of folks who've got wrinkles and got gray hair or, or white hair. Do you know how old they were? On this occasion, The best scholarship seems to indicate that Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were young guys of 16, 17, or 18 years of age. A long, long way from home, and they are in the king's palace. Life is full of tests, and they're going to get a tremendous test. Because the king says, I'm going to take these young men and I'm going to train these young Jews so that they can be the very best uh, in the city of Babylon. And uh, they're going to get the very best. They're going to get the the best food. They're going to get the best accommodation. Everything is going to be the very best for them. And I, I want you to know something I want all the young people watching this program to listen. If you go if you want to be ten times better, you've got to make up your mind first and foremost that you're not going to be a conformist. Uh, Dr. Hammond was not a conformist. Tremendous pressure upon him. You know, he'd gone from Australia to Scotland. Everything was on the line. But he purposed in his heart, he wasn't going to be a conformist. The greatest people in this world who are 10 times better are not sniveling conformists. And when you're in a foreign country and you're a long way from mom and dad, (laughs) and you're in the camp of the enemy, there is tremendous pressure to say, I'm just going to go along with it. I'm going to take, my exams, exactly when they tell me to take my exams. But the Bible tells me that God's nonconformists always end up ten times better. Now, I'm going to read on a little bit further now, please. This is the great test, verse 7 to 21, this is a long passage. 7 to 21. To them the chief of the eunuchs gave names, he gave Daniel the name Belteshazzar. Uh, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to, what uh, what is it say, Azariah? Yes, Abednego. We call them usually today Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They are the Babylonian names. Verse 8 is one of the great texts in the ancient language. But Daniel purposed in his heart, deep down inside, this young guy of 16 or 17 said, I'm going to be true. I'm going to do what is right. He purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. What was wrong with eating this stuff? Well, firstly, most likely, it had been dedicated to the Babylonian gods. Therefore, eating this stuff would imply subservience to the gods of the Babylonians. So this young guy, a thousand miles from home, long way from mum and dad, deep down inside he says, I'm not going to defile myself. And also it talked about delicacies. The food was rich. The wine was intoxicating. Think how easy it is to conform when the pressure is on you and you're a long way from home. When you're working in Hollywood, (laughs) when you're working in LA and everybody is doing it, just to go with the crowd. But this young guy of 16 years of age, purposed in his heart, you know the song, All God Wants is a Few Good men." Some of the greatest acts in the history of the world have been done by young men who purposed in their hearts. This is a terrific story. It's a story of courage. I uh, was given a book by Beverly the other day on John Glenn. It said he was a guy had the right stuff. I just admire John Glenn. I, I admired those young men. They had terrific courage. They were not conformers. They had backbones, the right stuff they said about them. Daniel had the right stuff. Now verse 9, Now God had brought Daniel into the favour and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. The chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king who has appointed your food and drink, for why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are of your age? Then you would endanger my head before the king. So Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for 10 days. Let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. <laughs> vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance be examined before you in the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacies. And as you see fit, so deal with your servants. So he consented with them in this matter and tested them 10 days. And at the end of 10 days, their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. Thus the steward took away their portion of delicacies and the wine they were to drink gave them vegetables. (laughs) Did you know somebody said great eaters and great drinkers are seldom great at anything else? (laughs) And so here are young guys getting the most simple food. Verse 17, As for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill and all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding and all visions and dreams. Now I want you to get this into your mind. Here it is. Now at the end of the days, the king has said that they should be brought in. The chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. He's just a young guy himself. Then the king interviewed them. And among them, among them all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they served before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them, what does it say? He found them ten times better (laughs) than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all his realm. And the next verse it's not a throwaway verse, it's really the punchline that says, thus Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus. If my memory's working today, that's about 70 years later. Later on in the story, what we're going to consider next week, Daniel actually becomes the prime minister, for crying out loud. He becomes the prime minister Uh, He becomes like the President of the United States of America. Becomes the Prime Minister of Great Britain. Just just a young guy. And he brings in these other young guys who stand around him. He is the chief counsellor to the greatest king of the ancient world. Now, these young men, the Bible says, but ten times better. I've sometimes wondered what happened to all the other young men. So the king, you know, he brought over from the land of Israel all of these young guys. He brought them all over from Jerusalem. There was a little, little group of guys, little group of Jews, who purposed in their hearts. They were a minority. I want every person watching today, every person watching the television program, I want you to know this. Truth is usually not backed by the majority. Hear what I'm saying? Now people say, now I'm going to say something else to you. I believe in democracy. Winston Churchill said, and I'm a fan of Winston Churchill, he said, uh, the very worst system in all the world is the system of democracy. Except all the others, is that as the worst? Except all the others, because the others are worse. But do you know what democracy does. I'm not arguing about this. It's true. Democracy puts in the person that the vast major, the majority wants. Doesn't mean it puts in a good person. So, you know, people say, well, we got democracy there for the person who's selected. He's got to be the greatest person. No, no. Did you know Hitler was elected with a democracy? He got in with about a 95% vote. And so truth is not always on the side of the big crowd. Just want you to know this the people who are 10 times better have learned to stand up for what's right by themselves. Now, that's not easy. That is tough. That is difficult, but that sorts out the men from the boys. Four young guys away from mummy and daddy yeah away from all their friends stuck over in a big bad city like los angeles tremendous pressure upon them and uh, they purpose in their hearts no we're not going to do it we are not going to worship the gods of the babylonians not going to do this stuff we're not gonna read the eat this food. That is going to rot our brains. We're not gonna do this. Now, I want you to know something else. They were 10 times better, not because of what they put in their stomachs. That helped a bit. They were 10 times better because God blessed them. God made them 10 times better. It wasn't because they were vegetarians, because I know vegetarians who are not 10 times better. (laughs) They were better because God blessed them. Now, this program is divided into two sections, and this section is going to end in a couple of minutes. But I'm going to, what I'm going to do now, I'm going to show you a little bit about Desmond Doss, and then I'm going to pick it up and tell the story more fully in the next program. But Desmond Doss was a young American. Oh, what courage! What courage! Just a young guy. He joined the army when he could have got out of joining the army, he could have got out of joining the army, but he was a patriot. Desmond Doss was not a coward. They said, we can give you an exemption. But he went in the army as a medic because he wouldn't carry a gun. Now, I'm not asking you to believe everything that he believed. I happen to sympathize with his beliefs. He also believed in the keeping of the Bible Sabbath, Like Dr. Hammond, this was the guy who got the Congressional Medal of Honor, Okinawa. A hell place, a hell place, a hell place. Didn't get any worse. Rescued their 75 young men. At the end of it, the people who were fighting him and who were hating him and persecuting him and throwing their boots at him when he was trying to say his prayers at night, they wouldn't go into battle unless he went with them. A young guy who never carried a gun. You know why? (laughs) God made him ten times better. God will make you ten times better if you purpose in your heart that you will follow Christ. So help us God more in a moment. we should never say something is impossible because Jesus said, with God all things are possible. It seems impossible to think that a group of Americans, Australians could come here to Castro's communist Cuba and preach the gospel. We're here with the permission of the Cuban government. We've got special visas so we can preach here. I've had the privilege of preaching in the most difficult places Moscow, all across Russia, all around Ukraine, dangerous places in Africa. But this is one of the biggest miracles of all. Here we are, the Carter Report team, just a little (laughs) team. But we're here by the grace of God. Because with God, all things are possible, but God works through people, he's working Glory be to God, we believe through us. But he's also working, my friend, through you. Because of your prayers and your support, and your gifts, these people, many of them, are hearing the true gospel of Christ for the first time. So my heart is full of thanks to God and to you today. Would you please drop me a line? John Carter, Post Office Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California. 91358 And of course, you can write to me at Terrigal in Australia Let's get a fire going in this country We have established a beachhead on the shores of Castro's Cuba A gospel beachhead, not a military one We are the ambassadors of peace And we've come here to preach the gospel of peace Stand with us AND THANK YOU FOR YOUR SUPPORT. FOR A COPY OF TODAY'S PROGRAM, PLEASE CONTACT US AT P.O. BOX 1900, THOUSAND OAKS, CALIFORNIA, 91358, OR IN AUSTRALIA, CONTACT US AT P.O. BOX 861, Terrigal, NEW SOUTH WALES, 2260. THIS PROGRAM IS MADE POSSIBLE. Through the generous support of viewers like you, we thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.